Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I am Scarlett. And I'm Katie. We're your animates, and today uh, we are going to talk about a very current movie, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, which is a Sony animation film that is currently streaming on Netflix. Uh, we watched it earlier this week, and both of us had very strong positive feelings. Uh, we'll get more into details and spoilers uh, later. Uh, but overall, Katie, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on this film? First, I want to say, look at us talking about something current. I, it, it happens so infrequently. It, last time we did this was Tom and Jerry, and this is a much better movie than Tom and Jerry. I mean, technically we did hit on uh, Infinity Train right after it came out. So we're, is, we've done it occasionally, but we don't is, like to be current. No, we, we, we talk a lot about nostalgic things um, instead of, you know, necessarily the things that are coming out most currently. Um, but it, it, this was just such a great movie that I think, you know, both of us realized that we had to talk about it. Um, and we had to encourage all of you to go watch it as well. Um, anyway, like I was saying, Katie, you want to start us off with some, some thoughts on the film as a whole without going into spoilers? Sure. I was, mo it's mostly a thing that surprised me. I wasn't expecting it. I kind of stumbled across it on TikTok because I don't pay attention to what's actually happening in the film world despite having been a film major. You're a film Oopsies. major. It's okay. Uh, so I just saw it and went, eh, I'm not doing anything tonight. And was surprised because as it was opening, I was like, mm. also, I don't trust Sony pictures. Really? Animated what, films what, what, what's that much. Your, what's your beef with Sony? I just, I want their... Animation style isn't my favorite. That's fair. Like, are you thinking of, like, the Spider-Verse style, or? No, that's fine. Like, this style. Like, oh. the, it's the same as kind of in Hotel Transylvania, all that. Their animation style is very particular and not my favorite. That, that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's very, uh, very cartoony, I think it is fair to say. It's, it's a lot of very simple character designs with, you know, big facial expressions and a lot of kind of fluid movement not really realistic movement also here's here's the list of the feature films that sony animations has released oh boy. open season surfs up cloudy with a chance of meatballs the smurfs arthur christmas the pirates band of misfits i believe that's claymation technically it is, it is. i mean some i enjoyed are... that one i got hotel transylvania smurfs too cloudy with a chance of meatballs too hotel transylvania too goosebumps Smurfs The Lost Village. The Emoji Movie. Oh, right. The, the Star. Have, Peter have Rabbit. Ever, have we, have we told, told the story? Podcast, the story of us sneaking into the Emoji Movie. So uh, the, 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 story goes, the story goes, dear listener, uh, neither of us wanted to pay money to see the Emoji Movie. Uh, so we kind of did an illegal thing and snuck in after seeing another movie. I think, I think we, saw, we Atomic. saw Atomic Blonde. Yeah, it was Atomic Blonde. Um, that was a good time. That was, a, that was a really good movie. Uh, not a cartoon, but a good movie. Um, and we, we walked in, we saw the first, I want to say 15 minutes of the movie. Um, I was like disassociating. It was so bad. Katie, thankfully, uh, finally just dragged me out of there. Upon exiting the theater, I realized I had a, a gushing nosebleed that I hadn't even noticed. So I think if I had stayed in that theater longer, I might have just been dead and my brain might have just come gushing out of my face. <laughs> like, it, uh, it was bad. It's as, it's as bad as you get. Um, 
However, there's some good things on that list, I, I gotta say. Um, Arthur Christmas is a surprisingly fun Christmas movie. Um, and I really like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I haven't seen the sequel, but that it's... That was good. Really sequel movie. I don't think is as good. Uh, but we also have Hotel Transylvania 3, Goosebumps 2, I, The Angry I Birds movie soft, 2. I have a soft spot for the Hotel Transylvania films. I know you do. It, it's my aesthetic. I... I love those classic Halloween monsters, and I think it has a lot of really uh, just just fun humor. I like the speed of the animation. I I think I think it's just a very creatively done movie. It's not you know perfect, but it's for me. But now you can see why perhaps I don't immediately trust Sony Animation's films. That 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 is fair. I'll I'll give you. That. They've made some little classics. They've also made a lot of trash in between them. I, I feel like with Sony, it really is like, this is a great movie or this is utter garbage. They don't, I don't think they have that in between mediocre. At least I haven't really seen that. I think Hotel Transylvania is considered there. It's okay. It's not yeah, bad. I guess the other people, that's what it is. I, I find them, I really like the third one, but the second one I think is particularly delightful. It's probably my favorite of the trilogy. We'll talk about those films eventually, probably. So that was, that's how I went into this. And I felt in the beginning, this is not a spoiler, the opening sequence, I was like, ooh, this opening kind of, it's an, it's a voiceover. Opening voiceovers are always like, ooh, this could be really cliche, not great, or could be the start of a good movie. Because some, <laughs> cut that out. Cut that, then so... that. So opening dialogue, voiceovers, cliche sometimes, or good. Uh, so I was concerned off the bat. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah, I I also, I don't, it, it starts in media res uh, in the middle of the action, uh, you know, sort of like, this is us, you know, I bet you're wondering how we got in this situation, which I, I'm kind of with you, like that's a, that 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 is sort of like, I'm, like I, I, I don't like movies that start like that. I just, like, I get why you do that. And uh, this movie was uh, was directed uh, by Mike Rianda, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, who was uh, director on Gravity Falls. And the opening reminded me of the opening of the first episode of Gravity Falls. Uh, both of them start with a wild car chase and some wacky shenanigans happening in the car and they'd be like, this is, like, this is me or this is our family. I bet you're wondering how we got in this wild situation. Well, it's a long story. And then you go back to the beginning. Um, there's a lot of this this uh, movie, honestly, that really gave me some gra strong Gravity Falls vibes, which makes sense. The, the, the creative team is is a lot of overlap there. Alex Hirsch is even in this as a cameo. Uh, the he's he's also was the he was a story um, advisor, so that he helped he, he helped to fix the story up. And you can see he's got some he's probably got some touches in there. We'd spent long enough. We could go. Mm, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think a lot of the humor is strikes me as very Gravity Falls. There's there's kind of a bluntness to a lot of the Gravity Falls humor, where you know characters will like explicitly say what like what is happening to them. Um, there's a the line, the line that that Alex Hirsch's character says at one point. He's like, and they're like doing college shenanigans, and he has some line where she's like, "I'm making lifelong memories," and like like lines like that are just strike me as so Gravity Falls like. They, they, they always do stuff like that where they have, like, the teenage characters be like, you know, oh, man, like, is this our punishment for our taste and everything terrible? Like, just very on-the-nose kind of meta humor. Um, I, I think that this this movie is very meta, which I, mm -hmm. I appreciate. Um, I, I appreciate that level of humor where they were just very, very self-aware. 
Okay. I believe you played this game with us. You know what I my brain considers it as? What? A PG Detroit Become Human. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're it, it's it's got some of that uh, ro- robot apocalypse, but you kind of sympathize vibes. And I feel like someone going in the distance. No, there's no social commentary here at all. No, no, clearly not. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, more, more, I think less so than Detroit. I think this is like also just like here to have fun. Um, but there, there are, there are lessons to be learned along the way. Um, I think are important. And I think it goes even deeper than like, I was, I was nervous that the moral of the story was going to be phones are bad because, you know, the, the basic premise, no spoilers is that, you know, a, a phone Siri essentially takes over the world and the main characters have to fight the machines um that's just the basic premise um and it's, it's really not a phones are bad movie um it's not like like the circle from a few years ago is like what, what if phones went too much um there's a little more nuance involved and it's it really is more of a more of a family road trip movie than i really thought it would be uh, and i love a good road trip movie and i love a story about a, a daughter connecting with her father um I like that none of the family members were jerks. Like, I liked every single one of them. I saw all of their arguments and their points. Um, I wanted them all to have a happy ending. Um, I, I love the little brother. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. What's the little brother's name? I'll look it up. Aaron. 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 Aaron, yes. I, I love that he's a weird little brother, but not a pest little brother. Like, he has a great relationship with Katie, the main character. Um... Katie like you <laughs> um they 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 love each other and they're they're just both weird in their own ways and that makes them both interesting it doesn't make one of them annoying uh, I think they struck a really good balance with him like he could have so easily veered off into being a really annoying character and instead I loved every time he was on screen mm-hmm. I think the characters are one of the best parts of the film because yeah. There's definitely, it's one of those things where it's, it is a family road trip story and nothing, like, there are arcs of the characters, but if you were to look at what people are excited about, you'd expect certain things that don't happen. Um, and it, it's also just good basic representation of certain people. Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's not really that spoilery. If you, you I don't know if we're going into it yet. <laughs> Okay, fair. We'll 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 leave we'll leave some of that out for for now until we get more into the uh, more more into the spoiler territory. Um, but yeah, just oh, just overall, um, I I really I can't recommend this movie enough. Uh, the animation style, uh, like Katie said, kind of is that Sony style, uh, but it has a lot of touches of Spider Verse. Um, it's produced by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, so it's got the uh, you know same same production team as Spider Verse had. Um, and you and you really see see it in some. As place. you get further and further into the film, the animation style benefits it a lot more. Yeah. At first, it feels a little bit classic Sony animations, but they add in the new t- touches of um, their more recent films. Yeah, and and the, those little uh, the main character Katie is an aspiring filmmaker, and throughout she's like sort of adding her little touches and like little imagined spots of her own own little fantasy of, of what the what the world as a movie would look like. Uh, so that's where you get some fun little extra, like little 2D animation 
bumps and they're very fun and very stylish. It's a really fast paced movie. This is this is a movie that will like keep you like watching the whole time. There's really no slow moments. Um, it's just it's constantly funny. It's constantly action packed. The action scenes in this are legitimately good. There's some there's some Fury Road moments in this that like just feel like feel like they belong in like a, a big action movie. Um, but still, always very funny. I mean, this is a this is a comedy at its core. It's got it 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 does you know speaking of of Lord Miller movies, it does feel like it's got that Lego Movie mile a minute jokes, uh, which is is just great. It really keeps you really keeps you on edge, um, and a great voice cast uh, just overall. Uh, I love Maya Rudolph as the mother. I think she's doing a great job. Um, Olivia Coleman is is the is the uh, villain, uh, the the evil AI. Um, and she is delightful. I always love Olivia Coleman. Um, and then there's, you know, there, it's a, uh, there's two, two robots who are played by Beth Bennett and Fred Armisen, and they're really funny. Um, My favorite characters, not oh, gonna they, lie. They are great. I, I love when they get SNL people to do these things, because they're, they're so good at taking, like, kind of otherwise bit roles that, like, you didn't really need to give to people, uh, and just elevating them to just really funny moments. Uh, I, I think that's just, it, it's a series of really funny moments. It's a light movie. It will make you cry at times. I, I broke down at the end. I don't know, Katie, did you, did you cry at all? Uh, no, I don't tend to cry at movies, but the ending is really sweet, uh, especially because I feel like we are the target, target audience for this film. Yeah, if you're, if, you're the, <laughs> if you're the kind of person who has ever been you know, possibly into some less than mainstream things. And if you've had a hard time explaining your interests to your loved ones, th this is a movie for you. And it, it's all about relating to people, even if you don't fully understand them. And I think that's just a really beautiful thing to base a movie on. Um, and clearly one that's very dear to the creator's hearts. I mean, when they, when they create a character like Katie, you know that there is there is something very personal to that character um, and very personal to her relationship with her family and particularly her dad. Um, it's it's just it's just a wonderful movie. This is a film written by film majors about a, a kid who wants to be a film major and, and anyone who went and studied arts or film in particular yeah. would probably go like, yep. I mean, I feel like we especially with the end of the film will be able to tell. A, co a college story, but we'll have that till we're after the spoilers, Mark. Yeah, so let's 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 get into it. We've we've given our pitch for this movie. If you haven't seen it yet. We will be here, so go go on and watch it. Go on, bye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Um, we'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, uh, and for those of you who have seen it and would like to stick around, or for those of you who just turned off the podcast and came back after watching it, welcome back, hello, hi, welcome back. Hi, we missed you. We missed We're you. incorporeal beings here, so time doesn't really matter. Yeah, time is time is nothing, time is meaningless. We're in the cartoon time machine, right? I mean, that's, that's our thing. <laughs> so now we're gonna get into spoilers. Um, so yeah, like as, as Katie was saying, um, the premise of the movie is basically that Katie is an aspiring film major uh, who has just gotten in to what was what was the name like the, the LA Film School like it had like a very generic name that was just yeah like, it's like, something LA like LA Film, film. School yeah yeah I like think that. that's it LA yeah. College of Film yeah so just gen generic film school uh, because her whole life she has been making uh, adorable videos with her with her dog and her little brother and 
uh, with all these fun added special effects. And it's it's just weird stuff, guys. It like it's like a a TikTok slash early YouTube monstrosity. Um, and it and the Gen Z humor in this movie is just so good. Like there's they I like that they didn't try to use like real memes. Um, I was thinking of uh, of the Grinch, the the uh, Illumination movie that had a running gag with a screaming goat. Remember the remember the screaming goat? Yeah, I know the screaming goat. Yeah. Okay. So that was that that was an old meme by the time the movie came out, which makes sense. Take a long time to make an animated movie. Like I don't begrudge them that, but that's how you instantly date your movie is by trying to stick in real life memes. And this movie, very very smartly, just sort of did think they, they, this movie has an understanding of the types of things that go viral on the internet and and made that sort of more the focus like you can imagine this girl's weird dog tiktoks basically becoming a thing uh they sort of pose it as if it they you know she's making longer movies which you know is less realistic you don't really see that so much anymore but you can buy that that would be the next evolution of the internet um and, and you and you buy her energy and enthusiasm for it even if no one else quite gets her and her weird dog movies. Her dog is this adorable little pug. Uh, the, the dog's name is, is Moochie, right? Manchi. Manchi, Manchi, Manchi. Um, he was just so cute. Oh my god. It reminds me of my cat. It's got Edward I was, vibes. I was thinking that. Yeah, it's got that little gray potato, gray potato movie going yeah. on there. Um, I mean, did, when you were a kid, now that you're actually a film major and have gone through the steps. Didn't you make weird movies with your family oh. camcorder? Oh, absolutely. I don't even think it was a camcorder. It was like one of those like little like gray digital camera things that like cost like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, and I remember I went to, one year I went to like an arts camp and I spent the whole summer making a stop motion epic about a sweatshirt that goes around camp eating people. And then it gets So started. you made a, the Super Bowl commercial before the Super Bowl commercial happened. Wait, what was the Super Bowl commercial? There was the, oh, I can't remember it. It was some celebrity's face on a sweatshirt. And just, they, it, it was just a key character the whole commercial. I'll find it for you later. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was stupid. It was stupid. It was, I mean, it was exactly the same kind of stupid. It just, and then someone, like, saws it in half in the wood shop. But then, like, I, I painstakingly sewed it together, stitch by stitch, on camera, taking a new picture so it would look like it's weaving itself back together. It, that that took like a week of my life. <laughs> Sounds like something we would have made in college still. Oh, absolutely. And then right, and then of course our our college magnum opus is our is our epic ghost hunting documentary. Um, so the point is, this was this was very personal. I think for both Katie and I watching this and seeing Katie, and and I I relate so hard to her, you know, trying to explain her what she likes to her parents and. And her mother is like sort of like trying to get into it and be like, oh, you're so talented. Oh, that's so nice. And her father doesn't understand. Like he's, and he's not a bad person. You understand that he's not a bad person. He just legitimately doesn't understand what his daughter is into and lacks the emotional intelligence to pretend <laughs> he's invested uh, because he's a dad. Like that's just such a dad thing to do. Like mm -hmm. dads sometimes, you know, they don't get it, and they don't when they don't when they experience things they don't get, they just kind of try to steer things on to things they do understand, um, and and you know you so so you you relate to him. Um, it reminds me of the first time actually I took my mother to a uh, to a comic convention in in Connecticut, Connecticut, uh, where I grew up, 
uh, which is like a small, tiny thing. Um, but I think I was like 14 or 15. And it was the first time I think I was like exposing to my mother, like the things I was doing on the internet, like not bad <laughs> things, just like, I knew what these cartoon characters were. Like I knew that comic book character. I knew that creator who was there. Um, and I remember her being just very surprised and like shocked that there was a whole nother world that I was involved with that she didn't know about. Um, and I kind of get that those vibes in, especially in, in the third act of the movie when the father finally for the first time really sits down and watches something that Katie has made and see, and more importantly sees what that means to other people um, and, and how it is, you know, le legitimate. It, it's not just her, it's a whole other world that she's a part of. And you get the sense he still doesn't understand but he he understands her. He understands why it is important to her, and that's what matters. Um, and that's when I started to cry. <laughs> that that's was, fair. That, that that moment um, where they they sort of have that that final, you know, c coming together moment over that 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 got me pretty good. Oh, pat pat. Yeah. Who who was your favorite character in the film? Ooh, I mean, probably Aaron. I just. Little brother Aaron, who is a dinosaur kid, which, yeah, thank you for showing us dinosaur kids in fiction, because I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen a movie with a dinosaur kid, and we all knew that kid. Like, I knew kids in elementary school who just, like, had books on dinosaurs, and you could just, like, talk to them, and they would be like, hey, you want to know some fun facts about a brontosaurus? And you'd be like, no, I don't want to know that, but you're so enthusiastic. Gosh darn it, I, I feel like I have to listen to you now. Uh, and that was the vibe that Aaron had. Again, it gives you the sense that someone on the writing team was a dinosaur kid. Like, Possibly. I also feel like Aaron is coded as, uh, as having autism by yeah, the way he, he goes about it. But it's one of those... It's, it's one of those things where the representation just feels so good because it's never blatantly talked about. Yeah. He just, like, there are moments where he doesn't understand social interaction. His, he is definitely, like, his specialty is dinosaurs. That's his special interest. Right. At the beginning, you see him in the, in the phone book just crossing people off to see if anyone will talk to him that, about that, dinosaurs. That's when I fell in love with him because the earnestness with which he was going through the phone book calling total strangers. Hi, you want to talk to me about dinosaurs? Okay, talk to you soon. Like, and then going back through, like, he just made me happy. Like, what a happy kid. Like, I want nothing bad to happen to him. Um, and I think, I think you're right. I think he's coded as, as somewhat neurodivergent. I don't know, you know, of any one particular way, but that's never shown as a bad thing. That's just a quirk. Like, it's a quirk he has. Like, all the other characters have quirks. And it never discounts him in anything. It helps them in points like they they don't point it painted in a bad light which i feel like a lot of the representation in media is mixed about how people feel right. about how it's used that or i feel like the, how they have to overcome it like he yeah doesn't, he doesn't overcome his social issues by the end there's a there's a running gag where he's try he's like got a crush on the neighbor kid who's uh, played by charlene lee uh of steven universe and the bear bears fame um i i just i whenever i hear their voice i i just i, I love their voice um but uh so he's got, a, he's got a thing for her and he whenever they like interact and like she's expressing interest in the dinosaurs and she is like clearly so perfect for him whether as friends or as a girlfriend like they, they, they're so good together he yeets right out of there <laughs> he jumps out of windows to avoid talking to her 
because he's just so shy and they, you they, they like he, he like clearly made strides by the end he's like able to talk to her like a little bit but he's still jumping out a window so it's it's very it's very sweet and i i think yeah like you said i think it's really nice subtle but good representation it's not and it's i not, think I think that comes as the general thing of this film is subtle representation of yeah, people. Yeah, he's wearing an LGBT flag pin the entire movie. The entire movie, and at the end, the mom is like, "So, are you and Jada thing? Are you bringing our home for Thanksgiving?" Like, it's again like that subtle nod, yeah. which a lot of media is. That's the core thing. It's nice to see a film where all the the diff things that make the characters different are not the key aspects of the film. It's actually very nice representation. I don't want. <laughs> media about me all the time I just want to see myself in normal media right and I think it's nice to see it not be a conflict like I think that it that to me has always been the representation that has mattered the most is the places in which it's just sort of portrayed as normal it's not you know it's not something that needs to be overcome it's not something that creates conflict it's not something that you know, is just so, you know, so central to your personality. I mean, being gay is no more, you know, the essence of anyone's personality any more than being straight is, you know? I mean, oh, okay, it, you know, it, because I, 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 it is, it is part of your personality in a bigger way, just be, just because, you know, it has to be its own culture because of so many years of, of oppression. Uh, but it's, it doesn't need to be like, this is our gay character. Like, I just, I think, I think about LeFou in the live action Disney uh, Beauty and the Beast um, and how as soon as they figured out they wanted to make him gay, they started putting in all this queer coding and making him talk in a really effeminate voice and, you know, talking about like gossiping and like st stuff like that. It's like, you didn't need to change his personality because he's gay now. Like his personality could have just been the same. Um, and I, I like that you know, Katie doesn't have to explicitly say that she's gay and her parents don't make a thing out of it any more than they would if she was if she was in a straight relationship. Like that's that I think is what matters so much to young kids seeing this and to see that it's not, you know, it, it's it's nothing to raise a fuss about. It's just who you are. Mm -hmm. At the end, did you also feel like, ah, it reminds me of arriving on campus freshman year? Oh. God, yes. I that when they when 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 she was saying, you know, throughout, you know, I found my people, like I gotta go to my people, these are my people. And she's talking about all the friends that she's like been chatting with online. That's I mean, that was my what I was feeling exactly the summer before uh I got to, to our, our college, just interacting with people on, on group me and Facebook and being like, Oh my god, this person has seen the room. This person knows what the room is. This person wants to watch the room with me. Like it was, it was like the exact same. I, they had there was a different bad movie that they were talking about, um, it, like a made up one. Um, but it was just the exact same vibes of like no one in my in my town growing up, uh, or at least no one I interacted with, had the same interests that I did. And to suddenly be the idea of going somewhere where you you can talk to people about the things that matter to you in real life. Uh, I mean that just means so much, and you you understand why Katie's excited. I mean, you know, and, and you don't, you know, you see from her father's perspective, you know, why, you know, he doesn't want her to, like, immediately leave and, like, never see his family, her family again. Um, but you get why, you get why. She's not, you know, she's not in a, she's not neglected. She's not unloved. And you get the sense she loves her family. It's just, she's got to be with her people. Why didn't we ever make a slip and slide inside? 
Um, they made one in uh, in Bob, as as far as I heard at one point during our orientation. I think someone got Dang. pretty injured. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we had good hallways for it. Yeah, it, the reason we didn't do it is because that's a great way to send someone to the hospital in orientation week. <laughs> someone was going regardless. It's orientation week. That 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 is that is fair. But that, that was a moment when the Alex Hirsch character was like slide down the slip side, like I'm making lifelong memories or some something like that. It just killed me. Because <laughs> yeah, that's how the first week of college feels. Um, but of course, then the plot happens and. The, uh, there's a, a, a Mark Zuckerberg type character um, who invents a new up, update for his uh, his uh, mobile assistant, and the old mobile assistant gets mad and uses her AI powers to create a robot uprising. Um, and eventually, the robots start taking over the world until only the Mitchell family, who are on their college road trip, going to take Katie to college. Uh, they're the only family left in the world, as far as we know, and it's up to them to stop the robot rebellion. Um, and it's, it's just as fun as it sounds, because it's they, this is just this regular Midwest. I think they say they're from Kansas, right, at some point? It, they're definitely Midwest, at yeah, least. It's, it's some, clearly some Midwest family. Just a regular, I think they're, they're driving what I think is referred to as like a, like a, a 93 Chevy Subaru, like something like that. Um, Rust orange color. Yeah, it's like the the, yeah, mo- yeah. the most family mobile you've ever seen in your life, and they're doing Fury Road, you know, antics with that thing. Um, Dad is the Midwest oh, God, hunter, yeah. wilderness man. Mom just looks like a Midwesterner. Oh yeah. You yeah. can't tell me Linda Mitchell is not gonna make me a hot dish if I come over to her house. <laughs> not even sure I know what a hot dish is. Is it just hot dish is like shepherd's pie, hmm. but instead of mashed potatoes. It's tater tots. I've just heard that referred to as a tater tot casserole. Oh my god, why do you do that to your body? <laughs> hey, don't ask me. Ask Minnesota why. Minnesota also has a million salads, none of which involve lettuce. Yeah, and would, and all of them have mayonnaise for some reason. Yeah. I, I went to college for four years in the Midwest, and I still don't understand Midwestern food. I like the cheese curds. Thank you. I'll take that. What about, oh, I don't think you like beer cheese. I don't. I don't like Midwest that. food. Invo- just revolves around freezers and cheese. There's a lot of cheese. Luckily, the cheese is fantastic. Because yeah. um, we, we have a lot of cows. Yay, cows! Um, so uh, um, we uh, uh, another uh, peak plot point, as we alluded to earlier, is at one point they managed to capture two defective robots, uh, played by Beck Bennett and Fred Armisen, who are they- Eric. Debra Bot! Debra Bot 3000, I think is the full name. Yeah. They, they have a whole extended sequence where these defective robots are like pretending to be humans and they're, and they're clearly robots. They do, they do the walking downstairs trick. It's, it's one of those bits that you feel like is going on too long, but you also don't want it to end. Because I never wanted it to stop. Really talented comedians. And, and you, I, I, I wonder how much was scripted and how much was them just riffing in the booth. I think a lot of it was them riffing in the booth. You can't tell me Deverbot was not a accident where I believe so. I believe Beck Bennett's playing Eric. Yeah, I think comes Deborah up with something like much Eric. quicker than Fred, and Fred's just my name's Deborah. Realizes he has a he has a male identifying voice. Went bot three thousand. <laughs> 
It gets it's so good. It's just so And then they fun. put lipstick on their face. To make human is, faces. It's one of those things where like the plot really could have progressed without them. Like they, they, they become useful. Like they, they, they are a useful source of information. They provide good exposition. Um, they help them, you know, invade the uh, the the robot camp in the end. Um, but you get the sense that like you could have written this script without them and have them Mitchell's come across those things in different ways and you know, they, they don't really need them there. But it's just that little cherry on top of comedy to have the the dynamic of the family changed by having these two robots pretending to not be robots in the back of the car. And they're they're just adorable. You they're, can't they're my favorite plot of this movie is this D plot regarding revolving around Eric and Deborah Bright. Because over time in the mall scene, which we will talk about. We gotta talk about the mall scene eventually, yeah. And they eventually start calling Linda Mitchell mom because she saves them. So they're like mother. And there's a whole dynamic there. And by the end of the movie, I was like, if they kill these two robots and they do not become part of this family, I will cry. No, there's a found family story going on there, right? There's there's so many subplots happening. I love Linda Mitchell just being a a mom badass. Like, in the end, you know, when her children are threatened, she goes like... Mama bear. Full mama bear. Like, hulks out, essentially, and just, just, like, beats the shit out of these robots. These powerful robots are scared. And of course they're scared because she's got that mom energy. And at one point, I think they say she's a first grade teacher, which, like, makes sense. Maya Rudolph just given a great, a great voice performance here. You you really buy that, that she is about... Uh-oh. Oh, no. Guess I'm running the podcast by myself now. Or is it my Wi-Fi? Oh no, it's my Wi Fi. <laughs> I fixed that- it. Okay, that was you, not me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my whole Ethernet just died. Oh no. You're talking about Linda. Yeah, no, Linda is just wonderful, and she does such a great job, and it's it's great. Um, All all the characters are great. I I I really can't think of any one of them who I didn't enjoy seeing. I love that we got more um, of the father's backstory throughout. Um, You get the you know, as Katie mentioned, uh, he's a big wilderness man, which makes sense why he he hates phones, hates technology, is annoyed that his family is busier being on their phones and interacting with each other which again just such dad energy i love that um and you find out that you know way back in the day he had a a wonderful cabin retreat that he imagined raising his family in but it just sort of became not not feasible to raise a family out in the woods with no technology so he had to give it up for his daughter um but you know he you you don't get the sense that that makes him bitter and thinks like oh you know i've you know i've wasted my life or i've you know, I, I could have had so much more. I could have lived my real life if only I hadn't had these damn kids. Um, you, 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 you know that he he would make that choice again, um, and it's really sweet. Speaking um, which, most of the flashbacks are shown through home video footage, uh, which all have a timestamp, which is interesting. Um, and the camcorder, the present day, also has a timestamp. 
kind of wish in post or something they would have changed it so it doesn't all take place in 2020. Um, like I know, I know they had to have the the present day be 2020 because I think the movie was actually supposed to come out in 2020. It got delayed because um, I think it was supposed to have a theatrical release, and then of course, you know, 20 real life 2020 happened. Um, I I don't know. I feel like look, when when people look back on this and see that this apocalypse movie took place in 2020, I think it uh it might color it a little bit. <laughs> it means, Fair. I didn't really notice it, but. I mean, just the, the idea that you had a timestamp on this is a video in 2020 and, you know, Katie's going to college just made me think like, oh, real life 2020, she probably wouldn't be starting in-person college in, in September 2020. And that's kind of sad, but it's a fantasy movie. So, you know, it doesn't, it, it, their, their apocalypse ended in like a week. Ours continues. <laughs> it's too dark. This is a fun movie. It's a fun, funny movie. Um, I love that Manchi uh, not being able to be recognized by the phone scanning technology is a plot point that comes yeah. back to win the day. So like throughout, like one of the thing that makes the, uh, that partially makes the, the robots like break down and be defective is that, you know how like when you like use your phone, like you can like scan things and it tells you what they are. Like you scan a flower and it tells you that's a daisy or you see a bird and it says that's a blue jay. Um, so they're sort of trying to do that with Manchi who is a pug. Um, and a big gray potato, as we said before. Um, and they can't figure out if he is a, a dog, a pig, or a loaf of bread. And it just makes them like their their heads explode. Uh, and it's it's and that and that and that when when Katie is storming the gates of the of the robot factory at the end, um, Fury Road style, she's got <laughs> she's got Manji mounted at the front of the car like like the doof warrior with the flamethrower guitar going before her just causing the robots to explode just it's like elements like that that make this so brilliant like that that's the stupidest thing and it works so well it's so funny <sighs> that was a really good plot point i'm so happy with that plot point i mean it, we should we should talk about the mall let let's do it let's talk about the mall um, you, knew, you knew this movie had to have a mall scene or some kind of sequence where they're, they're in a place where there's a lot of things that run on uh, the cloud or AI um, and have them all attack them at once. Um, it's this huge action set piece in the middle of the movie where they're in the equivalent of the Mall of America and there's drones coming after them and you know little robots and the big robots and they're fighting. Toasters. Toasters. Basically, anything anything that has runs on electricity um, and could have a computer chip is attacking them. Uh, Katie is trying to download a, a like a kill code uh, from one of the computers at the at the uh, robot store, like basically the Apple store. Um, but you know, it's just kind of a just kind of a plot point. Just kind of you know, they're they're MacGuffin of the movie that they need the kill code from the from the store and they take it to the main factory to input the kill code that will destroy everything. It's you know, it's. It's pretty standard for this kind of movie. You don't really need to know how and why it works. Um, but when the robots attack, they employ a very uh, particular type of warrior. Katie, you want to give the reveal of who oh, the final on. boss is that they have to fight in this building? They go into a toy store because toys are safe, right? None of them have, will have computer chips. Yeah. No, 2020's Furbies have computer chips. And they have to fight an army of Furbies and and a 
the world's largest Furby that for some reason is in this toy shop. And I love the meta jokes they make at this point because, like, you know, at some point in the writers' room, someone said, "Oh, they gotta fight Furbies," and someone else raised their hands like, "Furbies? Like those don't exist anymore. Like a kid hasn't had a Furby since the '90s." And then someone else said, "No, no, no. We'll make a joke about that. We'll say that 2020 brought back Furby," <laughs> which I would believe. And may- maybe they have. I don't know. Do Furby? I, I haven't seen them because I think everyone. Well, I just think agrees. they did make a comeback at some point recently. Everyone agrees that Furbies are creepy. Yeah. <laughs> And and they're really creepy in this. And the giant Furby, which again, they make a joke about. Why does that exist? I mean, if it were to exist anywhere, it would exist in the Mall of America, of course. It's just, it's a time. It's very Toy Story-esque, that yeah. sequence. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. The Furbies in particular might be one of the most terrifying aspects in the film. Because they just look a little too realistic. They look fuzzy and terrifying and their eyes blink in non-unison and it's creepy. Uh, they're great. I, I, that was a great sequence. Um, and and like this I said is earlier when, that, yeah, sorry, go on. This is when Derek, Derek? Eric and Deverbot become family. I was just going to say, uh, Linda saved Eric and Deprobot, and they learn what it means to be human. And Eric, or one of them draws tears on their, on their face plates. <laughs> I think it's Deborah I think it's Deborah It's 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 very funny. It's it's funny and heartfelt and action packed. Basically, this movie has everything. Like I feel like Stefan from SNL. This movie has everything: it's <laughs> fighting robots, Fury Road, comedy, Spider Verse style animation, pugs. It's 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 I I really I can't recommend it enough. I think it's just a real triumph of animation. I probably one of the best animated movies I've seen in years, uh, possibly since Spider-Verse. It's definitely one of the better ones. I don't know if I would say it's the best. I'm a big fan of indie animation in terms of like with Netflix and stuff. I really like what Netflix has put out in their indie animation Mm -hmm. because I think they just go more unique in the art style. This feels like corporate animation with love in the writing and the acting. I, I, I did what, what did you think of the, the end credits that that also almost that was good cry the end the credits way, were good the way they did the end credits is that for every person being credited they included a photo of them with their family and that, that was like the second part like I, I don't think I've ever cried at end credits before like removed from the movie itself but that got me I was I was I was crying um just seeing all the people you know and their childhood pictures of them with their family and you know little arrows pointing to to who they were as children it was just so sweet like what a what a what a heartwarming way to end this film yeah but it's a good one and it's good to see someone ready to give disney a run for their money next year at the oscars yeah i mean i i there's obviously a lot of uh disney movies and pixar movies coming out this year um with luca and encanto and uh you know several more i'm sure um but this will be this you know I, I doubt it will win because it's a fun comedy and doesn't have like the art that you know a pixar movie will bring to the table um but that's a shame because i kind of doubt the other ones will be better written than this i think this is just the i i would honestly rather see it get nominated for a screenplay award um i think i i, I think it would i think it's one of the quickest funniest comedies i've seen in a long time 
again it kind of kind of like lego movie vibes in that it's just like this is not just a great animated movie this is just a great comedy movie mm-hmm. and a great road trip movie which like i said before i love a good road trip more movies should be road trip movies more mad max more mad max yes more mad max road trip movie does that does mad max count as a road trip movie i think it does yes they're road tripping to a destination there's just a lot more fighting involved in apocalypse yeah i mean fury road is just like you taking your wacky aunts to to their summer home and then you pick up a weird a weird hitchhiker a weird pale hitchhiker on the side of the road and then he, he joins the fun yeah so I think I think that's uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. Katie, any any final thoughts on on the Mitchells versus the machines? I miss the days of being able to create weird films. We can still make weird films. We do, we're making a weird podcast. That's true. We just yeah. moved formats. Exactly. Exactly. Look, they, Katie could have been a podcaster. It's just it's, you know a visual medium, and podcasting is not a visual medium. Um, so, you know, we, we're still weird, Katie. Don't worry. We're okay. Still, we're still good. weird film majors. Even though we've left film school, we are still weird film majors. That, okay, that good. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, if, if, if you, for some reason, watched through to this point, haven't seen the Mitchells versus the Machine, oh, we spoiled it for you, but there's still, for every joke we mentioned, there's 20 more that are just as funny that we didn't mention and that you should still see. Um, it's it's just a, a spectacular film um, with great characters, great animation, great action, great jokes, um, and just a, so so much heart. Uh, so really, you know, ten out of ten. That's my personal review. Go see it. Um, and yeah, so that will that will do it for us for today. We're gonna pop back into the old cartoon time machine, and we will return next week for another uh, jaunt into cartoons wherever that may take us. We don't know. We don't have control over the cartoon time machine. It plops us down wherever we, we want don't. to go. I'm, I'm creating lore, Katie. Stop, stop, stop stifling my creative vision for what our cartoon time machine is and does. I, I, I imagine it, it's just sort of rocketing us around time and space and we don't know where it will take us. Oh. Adventure. All right, with that, my name is Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time.